Welcome back to the Adam Schefter Podcast. It's Mother's Day week. And to celebrate Mother's Day, we are going to be joined by a woman who's about to become the mother of two. Laura Rutledge, host and reporter for ESPN. She covers the NFL and college football, has been the host of NFL Live since August of 2020. She was named Miss Florida in 2012 and is due later this month with her baby boy, her second child, to join her daughter, Reese. And she is the epitome of class, professionalism, style, grace, all admirable traits, the great Laura Rutledge coming up. We also, this week, will get the release of the NFL schedule. And it will be a little bit different than other years. This year, the NFL will have a game the day after Thanksgiving, which it has never had before. So after everybody watches football and eats food on Thanksgiving, on Thursday, there'll be another game on Friday before we get more games on Sunday and Monday because the NFL loves to hog the calendar and nobody does a better job of that than the league. The games this year, they don't belong to specific networks anymore. It used to be that CBS had the AFC games and Fox had the NFC games, but this year all games are free agents. And yes, each network will get certain games, but there's no particular conference that is aligned with any particular network creating a system of broadcast free agency for the schedule. And it used to be that teams only could be scheduled once for Thursday night games on Amazon. Well, guess what? This year, now it can be done twice. And that probably means that we're going to see Aaron Rodgers twice on Thursday nights this year, in addition to six times on primetime. Because the NFL loves Aaron Rodgers and can't get enough of him. No surprise if the Jets get six primetime games when the schedule is released this Thursday. And it used to be that all teams were guaranteed to get at least one primetime spot, but not anymore. Now, it doesn't, now, not every team has promised that. And so we may not see certain teams like the Arizona Cardinals or Houston Texans in primetime this year. Another wrinkle in the constantly evolving NFL schedule. And it's interesting because after the NFL said on Monday that the schedule release would officially come out on Thursday after ESPN reported last week that the league was targeting May 11th on games that everybody already knows. So basically this whole big brouhaha over games that we know on a date that we expected and yet the world began hyperventilating when the league said the schedule would come out Thursday night. I saw on Twitter that the former Tennessee Titans offensive tackle, Taylor Lewan, remarked, why the big deal over the schedule? And I want to take a moment to explain why it is a big deal. Number one, people love football. Number two, it is the sign that the new season, the 2023 season, is quickly drawing closer and getting near. Number three, people need to set up their travel plans. So they want to know what weekend they're going out to Las Vegas or they're going to Miami, or they're going to have a field trip to Green Bay. And so we want to see the schedule and how the games lay out. And it's a quiet time of the year. So there's really not a lot else to talk about other than the schedule that does come out on Thursday night, which will be on ESPN Plus, ESPN2. We'll do a two-hour special around the release of the schedule. Like I said, we all know the games are coming, but we can't get enough of talking about them. So here we go with the schedule release on Thursday night. This upcoming week, we also have Mother's Day. And really, a great example of this 
is Laura Rutledge, the host of NFL Live. She flew to Kansas City to host NFL Live during the draft, despite being nine months pregnant. And as a general rule, if you're nine months pregnant and you fly to Kansas City to host NFL Live and work the draft all weekend long, you get to be the guest in Mother's Day week on the Adam Schefter podcast. The great Laura Rutledge. Hello, Laura. How are you? How are you feeling? I'm okay. I'm like, yeah. you know, I don't feel great, but I don't feel terrible. So I'll take it. How are you? When you don't feel great, what's what's the issue? Like, what's the biggest oh, thing you're God. dealing with now this late into your well, pregnancy? This has been a really bad pregnancy the whole time. Like, I've been sick the whole time. I don't know what the deal is. This kid must be awesome because he's put me through hell. Really? <laughs> so it's, it's just like, you know sick to my stomach and uncomfortable and all the things that are so worth it to go through to, to have a little one, but man, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get him out. I just came from the doctor and they're like, yeah, you know, everything looks great. You're, you're probably like not, it's not happening this week. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. So <laughs> I'm ready for it to be done. <laughs> when is the actual due date, Laura? It's, it's May 24th. So I, I'm 38 weeks now. Yeah. Um, so I should, you know, I have a couple more weeks. But what they don't tell you, Shefty, about pregnancy is it's actually 10 months long. It's not nine months. You know, that's a that's a myth. This thing is Ten lasting months. forever. I, I, I never <laughs> heard that before. I always thought it was nine well, months, Laura. Because it's 40 weeks. So it's actually, you know, most people you're actually dealing with about 10 months. It's crazy. Too long. It, it, it's it, And what's it like for you now having to deal with these bouts of sickness, nausea, whatever it may be, not getting <laughs> to work, taking care of your daughter, Reese, and your husband's like, what's it like for you who I, I always view as so driven and ambitious to downshift and decompress while you're dealing with this obviously yeah. challenging physical situation? Adam, I am not good at downshifting. I am really bad at it. So prayers up for my poor husband dealing with that right now. Um, you know, it's funny because I I worked the whole football season and through up until this month of May. Um, and so I, I really thought I'm just going to save all the things I have to do, you know, to like get ready for another child and all these it, to, for these few days that I had, whatever time I had in May, I thought I'll just save it for this. So I've been, you know, scrambling around the house, bumping into things with my belly, getting frustrated, um, watching NFL Live every day, refreshing my Twitter, trying to see if you tweeted anything all the time, and staying up to date and, you know, watching ESPN and all these things. Because for me, it is, it's so hard to ever just fully pull away. Like, even yeah. when I've, I'm sure you're the same way, even when I've gone on vacation or or trying to take a break of some sort, I can't turn my brain off i think it's probably because i really do love it but i'm like a mix of a tasmanian devil and you know just your average sports fan right now well you have to live these jobs and you mentioned bumping around in your belly let me say this and i really mean this and i'm not just saying this i've never seen a woman pregnant who never looked who looked less pregnant than <laughs> you do like if you didn't know that you were pregnant you would never know like i guarantee there are people who are watching you on air who had no idea that you were so far along in your pregnancy. No idea. 
Well, um, thank and that, you. That's I a compliment. That. Yeah, that, that's no, that. I'm, I mean, uh, thank you. I, you know, it is funny because I've had a few messages lately and, and I'm not trying to oversell. Nobody really cares whether I'm there or not, but I've had a few messages where people are like, where are you? Why aren't you on NFL live? And I'm like, well, you know, because I'm going to have a baby any day now, but <laughs> I don't think you, I can't expect everyone to be, you know, up to date on what's going on. But yeah, I, I think toward, toward the end of the draft there, you know, we, we started to See the belly kind of come out in full display, but um but to I, my I, point, I, there were people there. But to my point, there were people that didn't know you were pregnant. Correct? Yes, yes. See? There's still probably many. <laughs> See that? There you go. <laughs> they, they, I'm gonna get accused of having a surrogate or something, maybe. Which, which I'll, I'll take that accusation. That's fine. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling. I've never seen anybody look less pregnant than you. And so I want to ask you: We're coming off the draft. You flew to Kansas City. You're nine months pregnant. What was the mindset behind all this and how challenging was it physically and mentally? Yeah, well, look, I mean, I, I would just start by saying, like, there are so many people that go through far more challenges than anything I've done. And, and I admire those women so much. And this is this pales in comparison. But I the draft is my favorite event and I love everything about it. The fact that it's the college football world and the NFL, my two favorite worlds colliding all in one. And, and you really do see lives change and the NFL changes and all of the things that we talk about every day kind of just come to a head wherever the draft is that year. So to miss it um, might have actually sent me into labor at home. I would have been so frustrated. So I really, I, it was a goal of mine to try to do it. And I was never going to be stupid about it, but I did tell my doctor from the get-go, you know, hey, there's this one event that <laughs> is at the end of April, early May, like that's what we're targeting here. And um, so it was funny because throughout all that, every week we would sort of talk through it or every time I would go in and, and I had an appointment a couple days before I left for the draft. And I said, you can tell me not to go. Please, please tell me not to go if it's not safe. You know, I, I will not do it if if it's not safe. But she said, no, I want you to do this. If you if you feel OK, you're checking out OK health wise. And um, you know, we just monitored everything. I tried to stay hydrated as much as I could and do all the things you're supposed to do. And um, it definitely was not the most comfortable I've ever been in life, but that's okay. And I was just, I was so thankful to be there. I truly, I, I've reflected on it a lot. And just, I think in the moment you, you just go, go, go. But to look back and say, you know, wow, like there was a time in my life and in my career where I thought even having children wasn't going to be possible with what the demands of the career are. And, and I had just accepted that. So to know that, you know, I was comfortable enough to show up and do that and, and feel confident and feel supported, um, I think is, is a surprise to me and a surprise that I'm really excited to share about. There's a lot that I want to get to off of what you said, but you mentioned that there was a time in your career that you didn't know that you would be able to lead this life, have children and be the star, the TV star that you are. So what does it say when you look back on it now and what is your assessment of where you're at with being a mom and being the host of NFL Live and an ascending star at ESPN? Well, it's funny because even looking back to my first pregnancy with my daughter Reese back in 2019, I felt like I was very concerned that I had ruined my career. And that that's just full honesty. I really Whoa. thought to myself – 
my career is going to be over because I couldn't see how it was possible for me to invest the time that I wanted to invest in being a mom and also balance being on TV all the time and, and the commitment that it takes and all that. And so I, I really, I have had a lot of regrets looking back on that pregnancy, not appreciating the life that was growing in my body and being so thankful for that instead resenting some of it. And, you know, that's just full transparency. Now that I know wreath and, and I've seen, you know, it's not always been easy, but there are ways to make this work and, and so many women do it so well. And there are so many great examples out there of that. I have really thought we've got to show this more. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty, I don't feel like a lot of people care about my life or anything like that. So I, I'm kind of private about those things, but I've tried to share Reese and I've tried to share, you know, Josh and I parenting her and, and me working a lot and traveling and all the things just to show that it is possible. Cause I felt like it wasn't. And I felt like I had ruined everything I had worked for, you know, which is so sad because that's so ridiculous when you think about the joy of having children. So um, this time I've been determined to celebrate it as much as I can and also find ways to say, you know what, no matter what happens, it's going to be, we're going to work through the challenges and there's going to be a way to continue the career um, because there's no other option. Like that's what it should be. And, and women should feel that way no matter what career field they're in. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. What have you learned about juggling the roles that you have that you could share with other women that would help them? You know, I think, Adam, the biggest thing for me is dealing with the guilt of always feeling like, okay, I'm not present enough at home or I'm not present enough at work and, and forgiving yourself a little bit for that. Because mm. I think mom guilt is such a real thing, no matter if you have a job or if you're at home, which is an even tougher job. <laughs> if you're at home all day with your kids, um, I, for me, what I found is just saying, okay, today when I get home, I'm not doing any work on football or any ESPN work until Reese goes to bed. And I'm going to be fully present with her and fully invested in her. I think children, when you just engage with them one-on-one -on -one and, and they know that 
you're there for them and you're really talking to them and you're playing with them or whatever it is, that fills them up. You know, it, it doesn't take, it doesn't mean that you need to be um, doing all of these fun things, even just normal things I found have, have allowed for a really great relationship with Reese. And then, you know, when I'm at work, forgiving myself, if I'm not completely up to date on every single thing, I'm this type A, you know, perfectionist who I've got to know everything. I've got to make sure I'm prepared. I've got to, and I've had to let go of some of that and and yet found ways, I think, in a, a strength in um, knowing that I'll figure it out somehow, you know, and leaning on people and, and accepting help that I wouldn't have accepted before. I think all of those things married together are probably the best advice I could I could provide. And yet I have no idea what I'm doing still. So I think just admitting <laughs> that we're like, nobody has this figured out, right? We're all trying to figure it out. We're trying to we're trying to raise people who are going to be good citizens and, and people in the world. And, um, you know, the, the one other thing I would say is um, I, I had some great advice actually from Hannah Storm's husband and they have three daughters. And he said, do not find yourself wallowing in this guilt and feeling bad all the time for not being there for things or for, you know, having to go work and, and it's going to be hard because little kids don't always understand. He said, we now have three daughters who have watched their mother, Hannah, work and be so awesome and such an icon in the sports and television business. And she set an example for them that they're now all career women and they've gone on and, you know, done these great things. And it's because of her commitment to that. And of course, his commitment to helping raise them too. But um, that's just really stuck with me that there's there's something great about showing that example to girls and boys that, yeah, mom can go work and mom can also be mom too. And for those who don't know, Hannah Storm's married to Dan Hicks, who yes. also, I'm sure, is away quite a lot. I watch him do golf tournaments and other right. events. So he's he's both gone. Do you feel like anybody's come to you for guidance at ESPN? Like anybody's reached out to you for advice the way that Dan Hicks once dispelled that memorable insight to you, Laura? Yes. You know, there, there have been a lot of women. Um, it's been really cool. We've had a lot of women in recent years, you know, have more children. Molly McGrath is one recently who just had her second child. And she and I really leaned on each other. It was actually pretty cool. We were both covering the college football playoff and we were both pregnant. I, I hadn't said anything yet uh, publicly. She's She's about a month ahead of me maybe a little bit less. And so, um, you know, just little moments like that, that have, that have been really cool where we've all kind of supported each other. I, I feel like I've probably tried to glean more advice from them wow. than they have from me, but there, there's definitely, um, a lot of women who have reached out and said, how do you do this? And basically my answer is, I don't know what I'm doing, but the, the reality is you can do it, whatever it is. And, and I think that's something that, is really important to me. If that if that's all that anyone ever hears from me is that you can do it and don't and don't feel like you've ruined something by having a family if that's what you want to do. Because um, I, I promise there's a way to make it all work and and you're going to be you know discombobulated some days, <laughs> but you get it you get it together and it's fine and and people are more understanding than you would realize. Back to the draft for a moment. Were you more concerned about? having the baby on air or in the air while you were flying? <laughs> it's a great question. I was more concerned about in the air because of the pressure changes. Um, there's, you know, a little bit more science 
around that. I will say night one in the green room toward the end of the night, I, I was starting to feel, you know, just like a lot of pressure. The, ba the baby was down low and I'm, I'm like, woo, you know, I probably need to sit down. And we had a run where we had a lot of family interviews because there were a lot of guys that were drafted who were actually there. And then there was kind of a little break because a lot of people were drafted from home. And so we weren't doing my role, you know, the after NFL Live and the other things was to interview the families. We weren't doing any family interviews. So I sat down for a while. It was when I stood back up. I was like, oh, boy, that's that's not good. Um, but then I was fine. So it, it was all good. I think I just needed to maybe hydrate a little bit more. But my my husband, Josh, was with me and he he was looking at me just shaking his head. He's like, OK, seriously, you know, I told you so that type of faith. But um, thankfully, he's truly a wonderful supporter. And I always remind him, I'm like, you know, you know what you married here. OK, you knew you were getting this. So sorry. <laughs> you know what? Let me tell you something. I love big stories. It would have been a great story. Oh, if yeah. you had somehow gone into labor in the back room around all the draftees, and we talk about all the great stories that come out of draft night, your family could have expanded in front of everybody, Laura. I would have given you the exclusive, by the way. I would have said, <laughs> Adam, I have breaking news, and you need to exactly. nobody's allowed. Nobody's Twitter. allowed to tweet anything, right? Adam's going to break this on Twitter that Laura Rutledge just gave birth in the backstage area on the night of the NFL draft. It would have been unbelievable. You know, I feel like we missed an opportunity there. I'm glad it didn't happen in some ways, but there is some regret involved here. I think we really missed a chance. It would have been huge. It would, Laura, <laughs> it would have been a viral moment and it would have been something that you could have TikTok the life out of. You know what? That's the other thing. I missed a chance to do a good TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> My day in the life TikTok would have been a little different in that case. <laughs> now, at the end of NFL Live, that first night, they played a tribute to you where everybody <laughs> spoke out. And by the way, I was a little disappointed. I know that I'm not like a regular part of the team, uh, but I was a little disappointed not to be I was a little disappointed not to be included. So let me say how much oh. respect and admiration I have for the job that you do as the captain of that ship, like everybody else, echoing their sentiments and adding to them. What did it mean to you to see that video play right before the draft started? Well, thank you. Um that's so kind, especially coming from you, who, you know, I've admired you and your work for so many years. Um, you know, I was mad at them a little bit because I'm not, a, uh, I try not to be an emotional person. I try to be there to deliver the information and not involve myself in anything else. And of course, they made me cry with this video. But it was so cool because I think, you know, one of the things around NFL Live that we're really proud of is that. We really, whatever you see on air, and Adam, you know this well because you're such a part of it, that's who we are. That is how we talk to each other. That's how we love each other. That's how we sometimes gripe with each other over football or whatever it may be. And, and so um, to see those relationships that we have built, connect with the audience, spill out over the air, to, to feel that comfortable to where they could do that for me and and I could receive it as if we were just in a room somewhere and not on national television. I mean, that, that to me is what has created the magic of that show and the show that um, I will forever love and fight for and make sure that, you know, we do everything possible to keep it going and, and stay together because we really do care about each other that way. And so I think that moment for me, you know, 
I don't like when anything's about me or when anything is yeah. done for me. I would rather do it for other people. And, and I love that. And I love celebrating them. So um, I think that's why it struck me so emotionally is that they were then doing that for me. And I was like, how do they get this past me in the rundown? You know, I know everything that's in this rundown. So um, just just a really special group. And I'm so thankful for all of them. I miss them so much. They're getting so annoyed with me because every day I'm like, all right, guys. So I saw this segment that you did on Lamar Jackson, <laughs> but I, I need you to do this the next time. And they're like, can you stop? You know, can you go away for a little, little bit? Um, but I, I just truly appreciate every single one of them so much. Well, you took over as the host in August of 2020. And I think having been at ESPN myself now for 14 years, I believe it is. One of the big issues I think there was, was that it was always a rotating cast yeah. when NFL Live. It was different people all the time. There was never any stability. And you've been the glue that's kind of stabilized that show along with everybody else that's done it. Marcus Spears and Mina Kimes and Dan Orlowski and Ryan Clark. You, you, you've been the glue with all these people. And, and you know what? It feels like people have noticed because... LeBron James has tweeted out about the show, how he watches it. And even last night, I'm watching TNT, and Charles yep. Barkley is on talking about Dan Orlovsky and Marcus Spears and Ryan Clark about all the guys because Dan had challenged him in an ALS challenge. He called yep. out Dan and brought up everybody, well, not you and me, in the show, but that tells you that they're all watching. Like, it's kind of cool to think that the show, I think, has gone to the next level and a main part of that is the stability that you brought and the just your attention to detail your leadership your captain abilities all those things laura thank you the show's had an impact on people and you mentioned you mentioned you being composed and polished and i go back to the aaron Rodgers day when the trade broke and you know, people are like staged. No, there was nothing about it that was staged. We talked about it on the podcast. The no. reaction what was not that he was traded. It was that essentially I incorrectly delivered the information. I didn't say the team's flip picks because I was you're getting the information in real time. You're tweeting it, you're filing it, you're coming on air. I'm trying to process it. And I said, Okay, here's what the Packers got. And as soon as I said they, they got the first round pick, everybody went nuts on the show. So instead of me saying they flip picks and the Packers got this. But the point is, the meme that took off on social media has me going nuts. You know, look like I, I look like I'm, you know, pointing out in an army. You know, Swagoo, Mina Kimes is the painting. You know, everybody's got a reaction, and you're just sitting there expressionless, just being the captain and leader that you are. And I looked at some of the comments and, like, look at Laura Rutledge just unflinching. In a moment where everybody's all worked up, you were just sitting there as composed as ever, Laura. Well, you know, first of all, none of that was staged to back out of up it. there. Not that you need my backup, but we were so shocked because of the compensation and because of the actual particulars of the deal, which I think if you're a fan makes sense. But, you know, haters got to hate. It's fine. Um, but anyway, the funny thing and, and whoever took that screenshot that became, you know, sort of the meme and whatever. I, in a, a millisecond later, my face goes to complete, utter shock. It was like I had a delayed reaction. And part of that is because 
little peek behind the curtain. There was something going on in my ear. No one's telling me what to say. People out there who love to say that. It was more like, hey, this is what's coming next, you know, or they were telling me like I could follow up with you because I had a million questions that I wanted to just ask to give you the stage even further to keep delivering this incredible news. Anyway, that's what's happening. So it, there's a millisecond of like me not realizing exactly what you had said. And then it hits me. And then I have the shock face. just like everybody else. But whoever took that one screenshot, I guess did me a favor, made me look really cool. Like I'm I'm so calm and collected. And I'm like, uh, just go to the next slide because the next slide shows the same shock that everybody else had. But I mean, I, I we've had so many fun breaking news moments, Adam. I feel like a lot of them have revolved around Aaron Rodgers. But you know, when you think about all how all that goes down, to me, like that is the dream of live television. That's why I love it so much, is it's that thrill of you don't know what's coming. And I'm not just doing this to gas you up because I'm on your podcast. You are so incredible at delivering this news. I mean, I would challenge people at home to go through this exercise. Imagine that you're about to appear on live television in front of hundreds of thousands of people, maybe millions, depends on the viewership that day. You have just been given huge news that is like coming in real time on your phone via text message. You've got producers in your ear. You've got a host asking you questions. You've got other analysts and people talking and whatever else it is. And then you've got to deliver complex particulars, even a, a, a conditional pick that turns into a first round pick based on playing time. I mean, it is so complicated and you're just calmly delivering that news with context, with personality, with the historical elements that you pull out of somewhere all the time. I'm like, how did he think of that, you know, in this moment? So it, it really is such a unique thing that we do that not a lot of other people on television really do. And I say we, I'm a very small part of it. You're the one that's actually delivering that news. It is phenomenal. People do not realize how difficult that is. And and until you put yourself through that exercise, you can't really realize it. Well, thank you for your comments. And number one, I would say to you, there is nothing, nothing like a big breaking story <sighs> when we're on air. I love that feeling. In fact, I would say that that's about as good a feeling as you have in life. I mean, I love that. I live for that. I agree. I agree. I, I mean, we're junkies for it. It is adrenaline high. <laughs> it is unbelievable. I love that feeling. And I will say this. I will admit this too. To this day, and when this stops, it'll be time to stop doing it. My heart pounds and races. And it's hard sometimes. Like, I got to yeah. catch my breath. Yeah. Like, you were so composed. My heart is racing yeah. and pounding, you know, about that stuff. Oh. And even, even leading into the show, here's another confession. I knew that there was a chance it was getting close. I knew it was getting close. I was getting ready to get the news that it had happened. And I was in my kitchen and I'm pacing back and forth, waiting, waiting, waiting. And my wife and daughter were taking videos of me. In fact, I think there was an electrician or somebody working. He's looking at me like, this guy's out of his mind. You know, like what the hell is going on here? And so I get so worked up about it. You know, it just, it it's, man, it's adrenaline. Wow. It is. You know, Adam, it's funny because I'm sure people ask you this too. People will always ask me like, do you get nervous on television still? And 
And what I, my answer to that is no, not like I used to. I used to deal with really debilitating nerves when I first got into this business. And it would really stop me from being able to actually do an okay job at things because my nerves would be taking over. I've learned how to sort of calm those down. Everybody kind of figures that out. But what I've always thought is that that adrenaline, that excitement, the heart pounding that you're talking about, if I don't feel that, then right. I don't deserve to do this, you know, and, and you're right. That's when you step away and say it's somebody else's time, because if you're not still feeling those things, then you're not worthy of what this is, because there's plenty of others who would come up and appreciate it for what it is. It's a sign of how much we and others care when you feel yeah. like that and you're invested in it. That, to me, is the ultimate validation that again, to say what I said earlier, we kind of live these jobs. So I understand all your, except you can check out and compartmentalize and go spend hours with Reese. Whereas I've deprived my children and wife all these years. I never get to do that. <laughs> I know. That's I my feel problem. for you. I'll be getting these tweets and I'm like, poor Adam, he's out here, you know, nah. when, when does this guy ever get a moment off? It's I'm brutal. Blessed. I'm blessed. It's just, that is, look, Every job has its challenges and there are jobs that have a lot more challenges than mine, but mine is just, Very true. it just, it's just all the time. That's the way it goes. Yeah. But we're, we're in a nice time of the year. Lord. So speaking of nice <laughs> times of the year, how will you celebrate mother's day this week? Well, um, as far so my mom is actually coming into town, uh, with the impending birth of our son. So she'll be here toward the end of the week, beginning of next week. So we'll probably do some things with her. And then otherwise, I don't know. Uh, Josh said he has some plans. So we'll see what he cooks up. And and hopefully it's just like a relaxing day. And um, that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's so cool to celebrate. You know, I just, I would wish all the mothers out there and, and there are so many different versions of moms, you know, anybody who's um, caring for another and taking care of people and all the women who do that so well, no matter what the situation looks like, I just would send my love on Mother's Day because it really is a, a really special day to celebrate these women who really make a difference in everyone's lives. Like yourself, like yourself. And Laura, <laughs> not only did you miss an opportunity to give birth on the night of the draft, but you also missed an opportunity to go into labor while you were doing the podcast here. But that's the way oh, it goes. Rats. I, you know what? <laughs> Here's what we'll do. Whenever I actually go into labor, we'll pretend it happened on the podcast. <laughs> there you go. And and an offer. I'm still happy to break the news. Listen, uh, I got get, you. Oh, uh, listen, I, I like news of all types. I always like a good story. And when you give birth to your baby boy and start the clock on you returning to NFL Live, that's a big deal. So you let me know hey. when. It's a slow news time right now, so it might actually it might actually make the cut, you know? Otherwise, I'd say, you know, this doesn't matter. But but it does to me, but you know what I mean. We'll see. <laughs> Laura, thank you very much for the time today. Happy Mother's Day to you and to your mom. Enjoy your time off, and good luck with the impending birth of your son. Thank you so much for having me, and I just appreciate you so much. And we'll talk soon. Like, bye, Laura. Good luck with everything. Happy Mother's Day. And there she is, Laura Rutledge, a star in every sense of the words, one of the most impressive people that I've worked with in my 14 years at NFL Network, or really, frankly, one of the most impressive people I've encountered during my 33 years covering the NFL. A compliment, a high compliment, but very true.
She is a rock star in every sense of the word, and good luck with her pregnancy. All right. Last week, I had the honor of emceeing a charity fundraiser for BTIG, a global financial services firm in New York City that specializes in investment in banking and institutional trading. And they bring in all these celebrities to basically conduct trades with people. And the money goes to the charity of their choice. So I directed any funds that were raised to JDRF, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. There were all these celebrities that came in. And my job was to introduce them. And there were about 60 plus celebrities, some incredible people that came through the doors of BTIG that day. Patrick Dempsey from Grey's Anatomy came through. Christopher Jackson from Hamilton. Mariano Rivera, who I hadn't met before. The college basketball world was incredibly well represented. National champion, Connecticut coach Danny Hurley was there. Rick Pitino, the new head coach of St. John's. John Calipari, a coaching legend. Brian Cashman, the general manager of the Yankees. There were many others that came through there. Some unbelievable people, Robin Roberts, Michael Strahan, David Muir, Hank Azaria, owners of the Jets and Islanders, Woody Johnson, John Ledecky. But the one guy that made the biggest impact on me, and I never met him before, and I'd always heard so many things about him, was the former president of the United States, Bill Clinton. Wow. That guy works a room better than anybody I've ever seen. And people flock to him and surround him. And I've always heard that he is unbelievable at making on making eye contact, carrying on a conversation. And I got to witness it first. And he walks in. I introduce myself. He is engaging. He is focused. He is dialed in. And I said to him, Mr. President, that is a lovely tie you're wearing. He was wearing a bright, colored polka dot tied lots of colors everywhere and he looked at me and he said as you get older the only things you have in life are bright ties and bullshit and that was mr president what an honor to meet him what an honor to host charity day at btig and cross paths with some incredibly impressive people which we got to do that day and that's part of the fun of being in may and june when the nfl calendar slows down just for a bit sometimes as it has and will for the next couple of months. But then, of course, there'll be the little flare-ups, like the schedule, coming out on Thursday night. And we'll look forward to that, and we'll break it down next week in this very spot when we'll be joined by somebody from the NFL who contributed to the slate of games that are going to be spelled out this week. We want to thank the great Laura Rutledge for joining us in Mother's Day week. I want to thank my great producer, Christina Buswell, for putting together this podcast. I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. As I mentioned, please join us again next week when we'll break down the upcoming NFL schedule. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Be well and stay safe. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.